Today's episode is sponsored by Tego. For most of us, indemnity insurance is one of our biggest costs of practice. But when was the last time you took a look at the coverage and compared your premium with others? Many of us are still with the same insurer we joined in med school or intern year. Thousands of doctors have made the switch to Tego and benefited from their personalised approach to pricing. You will also get an extra two months free in your first year. If you are new to private practice, you might even qualify for four years of discounted premiums. Tego offers competitive premiums, quality cover and 24-7 support backed by top medico-legal advisors. Get a free quote and discover why thousands of doctors are insured by Tego by visiting tego.com.au. Hello listeners and welcome to Deep Breaths, a podcast covering topics related to the part two anaesthetic exam. I'm Dr. Kate Steele. And I'm Dr. Kate McCrossan. And today's episode is Shake It Out, where we discuss ways to take care of yourself while studying, how to identify whether you or a study peer are having trouble coping, and how to help. We're very lucky to be joined by special guest Dr. Julia Slackerman. As always, in this podcast, we represent our own views and not those of our employers or ANSCA. Dr. Slykerman is an anaesthetist working in Brisbane at the Prince Charles Hospital, where she is the welfare advocate for her department. She is interested in well-being, sustainability, medical education and communication, and is an ALS and APLS instructor. She enjoys yoga, immersing herself in nature with regular bushwalking and swims at the beach, and is a sucker for a good marble film. <laughs> Julia, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Now, as someone who suffered from anxiety myself in the lead up to the exam, this is a topic that's very near and dear to me. So let's start by discarding the myths that we're all able to handle everything that life throws at us and talk about what we actually experience when trying to work full time and study for a major exam. I don't think you're alone there, Kate, for sure. And I think that concept of work-life balance is a nice one in theory, but it doesn't necessarily apply to Mm. the practical realities of our day-to-day life. Mm. The tram track sort of anaesthetic uh, being this pie-in-the-sky, you know, ideal. But the reality is that life is it's reactive, it's unpredictable, and it's really normal to feel discombobulated at times. Mm. And not just for the exam, but whatever stage of life we're in, there's always going to be competing interests like relationship issues, mm. ill health, parenting, moving house, work commitments, social commitments, the list goes on. Mm. And when you add in that 12 months of intensive prep for an exam, that's actually the gatekeeper to your chosen career, that balance point is going to have to shift for a while and that's okay Mm. and it will pass. So it's a good one to remember that we need to give ourselves a little pep talk when we're feeling overwhelmed by it all. Mm, That's so true. Mm. That's so true. I think also too just uh, understanding that it's not completely normal, you know, like trying to – other other professions definitely have exams and postgraduate exams and other things Mm. that they have to achieve but – It's just, you know, in your late 20s, early 30s, most professionals have done most of their education by then and yet we're still in the depths of shift work and trying to sit exams at the same time. Just the depth and the breadth and the intensity of the exams in in the medical field are just so intense. Indeed, yeah. yeah. I mean, that is a time when, you know, people are often forming relationships or they've got Mm. young children. I mean, there's a lot going on and it's it's a long, long haul. It's, you know, often the second exam as well. So there's already Mm. been this sort of period of time. And yeah, it is. It's a very weird, weird place to be. Yeah, absolutely. I know that I felt like I ceased to be Kate and that I became this just awful little shell of a person who just studied, worked and occasionally got a bit of sleep. It was awful. Now, look, do you have any suggestions for ways that those studying for the exam can try to prevent these, um, you know, these sorts of issues from getting to them and becoming major stress related problems? 
Yeah, I think when I was thinking about this topic, three kind of things really came to mind. I think it's important to have realistic expectations both for ourselves but also those people around us and we can unpack this a bit more because it's about both the study that you're going to be able to do and also the social commitments during that period. Mm. The second thing is the importance of a commitment to self-care as a, as a new habit. So this is not actually an option anymore. It's crucial. Mm. Um, and this is a really good practice for, that will be lifelong, which will help us in the rest of our careers and day-to-day life. Mm. And the other thing is about knowing yourself. And, you know, many spiritual traditions, this is the key tenant, but I think that this is crunch time for us. And that area includes things like, you know, what's your circadian rhythm like? Because that's mm. going to affect when's the best time to study. In fact, like, how do you study the best? There's mm. lots of different techniques out there if you're a visual person or a, you you know, someone who learns better by doing, mm. how we remember best, how we retain our information and also how we restore best because that's actually the crucial part of this. We're in it for the long haul so you need to have some way of regenerating that energy so that you can continue this for some time. It's not like sort of looking at the you know, roster and thinking I've got five nights in a row I can get through this really <laughs> yeah. come what may. Yeah. Um, this is going to have to go on for some time. Mm. And the other thing is that real self-knowledge of how you respond to stress so what are your triggers what does it look like what does it feel like when you're starting to feel a little bit distressed so that you can pick it up early and you can institute those things that work for you which will be fantastic if you're sitting at your desk and you're trying to you know read something but also on the day of the exam itself if you're starting to feel those things you'll be able to nip it in the bud early so that you can stay focused and do your best yeah at the definitely time. there's always that balance between eustress and distress isn't there mm. like we need a little bit of stress to improve our performance you know on the day and for for studying but geez it doesn't take much to tip you into distress and for everything to just unravel so yeah 100 it's yeah. that yerkes dogs and arousal curve yeah, all that sort absolutely. of stuff as well mm. so stress is good it helps us sort of um, have optimal performance as well but i think one thing that's turned up this year with the pandemic is certainly mm. if we're not returning to baseline on a regular basis then we're just sort of compounding and we're really getting to that point where we're not going to be in that optimal zone anymore yeah and it's just not sustainable like you said it's just it's just not a it's not a base point where you can maintain any sort of meaningful relationships or work-life balance or frankly even performing safe anesthesia and that's ultimately what we're all about post-exam so yeah yeah Yeah. so you brought up kind of three major points so should we kind of break them down one at a time so i think the first one was in relation uh, to expectations Mm. absolutely so what should we do about that? <laughs> well, I remember going for my primary exam to a great talk that was by a psychologist and it's really stuck with me. She was like, you've got to be practical about this thing. So you want your time spent studying to be high yield. So it's much better to sort of say if you've got a whole day off, say it's a weekend day, that you're going to study for six hours that day, not 12, okay? Yeah. And then if you're going to study for six hours, it's going to be in blocks because our attention span is not that long mm. and it will certainly wane. So you might sort of say to yourself, I'm going to work for one to two hours at a time. I'm going to break it up into really specific tasks. I'm going to have a break in between. This is what I'm going to do during my break. And then I'm going to have some downtime. And if you're somebody like myself, who's a bit of a lark and is better early in the morning, then I'm mm. certainly not going to be studying right before I go mm. to bed. So I've got some time off as well. And then also using really specific activities, like you can sort of chunk things down. So rather than say, I'm going to learn everything about obstetric anesthesia today, Mm. you're setting yourself up to fail. That's impossible. Mm. And it's just not realistic. Making sure that you're doing some revision of stuff that's been previously covered before, because Mm. by the time you get to September of stuff that you've learned in January is really not going Mm. to be there in any great, Mm. great way. And also making sure that your goals are 
those smart goal ideas that they're specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and, and time limited. Mm. And I think if you set your, uh, a few things at the beginning of the day, you can have an early win, then you kind of generate your own momentum and you yeah. feel like you're on track and you're not relying on motivation alone. So some of those healthy habits and circuit breakers can really help when things mm. are particularly getting intense. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. such good advice. I think it's very common. I hear people saying things like, oh, I went to the state library and I was there from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Oh, oh, yeah. Fantastic. And I'm thinking, well, that's terrible because you probably didn't actually study for that whole 12 hours. You probably fiddled around on Facebook or, you know, checking emails. You just can't maintain that intensity. So I think your approach of focus, study, and really dedicating that time. I know something, a friend of mine who was – not only was she doing her own PhD, but the PhD was in adult learning theory. And she had a really good strategy of 25 minutes on, five minutes off. Mm -hmm. And then you do four of those, which is two hour block. And I actually worked with that. And that would mean 25 minutes of no emails, you know, no phone, no Mm. Facebook, no, not answering calls or looking at text messages. And it's amazing how it just tricks your brain because 25 minutes is about the time you can concentrate. And then, you know, you get to go Mm. and have a coffee or go to the bathroom, wander around. Uh, and then you do four of those and you've done two hours of really pure Intense focused study. study. And then mm. if you do three lots of that in a day, you've done six hours of really great study. Yes. Um, so being strategic about that. But then, as you say, also having a study plan. Yes. Um, and you have, I think, really you need to plan that 20, 25 weeks ahead, you yep. know, like mm. because otherwise weeks just go by and whole topics just, you know, get yeah. missed. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's really important. Yeah. And so what about expectations of yourself and others in terms of just what's going to happen during the study study period. I think that's important as well. So for some of us, we might have already been in relationships when we did our primary exam. So it'll be very obvious to the people around us of, you know, how important a commitment from time and also emotional energy this is going to be. But for other people that maybe aren't aware of that, it is important to let them know, hey, I'm probably going to be a little bit more disconnected than usual. And, you know, I really appreciate you understanding that but you you know it's important to have that connection with people I think there's so many studies out there showing that connection is more important really than even exercise or being a non-smoker so we need it and if you live alone then you're gonna have to work a bit harder to have that you might take it for for granted if you're already in a household with other people but it can be difficult particularly if you've got like little ones that want to run in the morning and play with you and you're like no this is my 25 minutes on and I've got to do my hour of power now so it's sort of having that conversation with people that this isn't forever and I'm committing to do some good stuff as well so planning those holidays in advance making sure that you've got that time in the evening that's you know meaningful for you and your loved ones that you are going to spend some genuine time with them Mm. and sometimes I think even if you have that five minutes that you're talking about Kate if you get up from your desk and go and make a cup of tea for yourself and that other person like you're still really connecting with them in a really meaningful Mm. way and it's good for both of you and it's a bit of a defrag so Mm. yeah Mm, yeah definitely yeah Otherwise, people were like, what happened to, you know, Kate? She just disappeared for a year and we never saw her type thing. Yeah. 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 Which, yeah. to be fair, I did, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I know because I think we were discussing before we started recording the challenges of – there are challenges to having a family or having a partner mm. and having maybe plus minus kids. Mm. But there's also challenges to being single because Absolutely. you're also on your own. You don't have anyone to make you a cup of tea or help you with the washing. Like, So there's really no easy way out of no. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I know I used to do things like say to people, look, I'd love to have a coffee with you, but I literally have an hour. Is that yeah. okay? And just knowing that I was setting the expectation that I couldn't just linger. Yeah. We'd have a lovely coffee, really enjoy that social mm. time and then zip off and do something else and mm. go back to study. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's a challenge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. and I suppose the point that I'm the point that I'm getting from both sides, you know, from you know being someone that's single and living alone, as well as being you know someone that's part of a family, is that you actually have to make effort no matter what you do. So. When you're alone, you have to make effort to develop those connections and maintain them. When you're living in a family, you have to make effort to sort of pair them back to a point where you can actually study meaningfully, but still get, you know, the interaction that you need to be able to perform at your best. So, you know, yeah. regardless of what situation you are in, it does it is going to take some planning and some effort. So Yeah. And I know some people that just found it was impossible. So it was easier to say, I'm gonna leave work an hour early and then I can get my hour at the beginning of the day, maybe the end of the day and come home and then you can feel like Oh, I've actually done my time and I can yeah. really enjoy my, my yeah. experience yeah. there. Yeah. There's no one really size fits all approach. It's really individual. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a really good now, point. And what was the second part? Oh, so the second one was the uh, commitment to self-care as a habit. So rather yes. than sort of thinking this is an optional thing. And I think there's so much that sort of rolls into this. As human beings, if we're feeling good, we don't really feel like we need it. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things that you don't want to rely on as a new technique in the heat of the moment, like somebody Mm. giving you a new video laryngoscope that you've never used before in this, you know, critical Mm. airway with the Mm. sats dropping. So that's a great analogy. Yeah, it's really hard to sort of pick it up when you need it at the time. So I think simple things like if you haven't got a GP, go and find one. So ask your friends or family for a recommendation. They'll love it. They get this consult with someone who's well and there's like nothing wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Say, this is my normal baseline, but I just want to have you you on my team in case you know things go mm. pear-shaped this year and I just need some help yeah and sometimes they pick up stuff like if you haven't been for years then it's probably good that someone actually takes your blood pressure and make mm. sure that you're not mm-hmm. hideously deficient in vitamin d and iron and that's why you're tired all the yeah. time and stuff mm. like that yeah that's a good point yeah getting into the habit of making sure that you have some regular movement or exercise that mm. you enjoy is really important and scheduling that every day if you can mm. you mm. can pair that with a social catch-up with someone like that keeps you and them motivated as well to do so which mm. is really wonderful mm. it is worth taking the time to make sure that you're eating well for yourself because that's going to have a huge impact on your energy levels and how you feel mm. um, you can't really get away with thinking oh it's just junk food for a year because by the end of that year you're going to be a mess and life will roll <laughs> on so yeah yeah, yeah. invest now mm. and sleep i think is absolutely key so mm. a lot of things impact on our sleep and sleep hygiene is super important it's difficult these days because we're so device reliant mm. um, so everything from the usual like alcohol and caffeine not good definitely going to affect the amount of non-REM sleep that you get which yeah. is the sleep that you need to make memories and actually get all this information that you're trying to learn embedded in your brain yeah and not using your device before you go to bed for at least half an hour beforehand it'll have the same effect effects sort of melatonin secretion mm, and, mm. and you'll find like although maybe you've had your seven and a half hours you just don't feel good the next day mm. so that was a bit of a game changer i think mm, definitely yeah and then starting to use some other things like i've found i really wasn't very good at this at the time of my exam but mindfulness activities and gratitude mm. can be extremely helpful as well not just to sort of as a feel-good thing but to help at times of stress but also just to really focus you and get the most out of the session that you're having mm. um, so I, I remember sort of thinking there's been some times where I know I've got to do this study I'm sitting there I'm reading about rheumatoid arthritis and all I can think mm-hmm. is like I've got to learn all about rheumatoid arthritis yeah. I've got to learn all about <laughs> rheumatoid arthritis and it's a bit like when someone says don't think about the pink elephant that's all you're going to 
think mm-hmm. about. Yeah. So setting up these techniques now can really help to have these healthy habits later because what you practice is what you're going to get good at. So you want to make sure you're practicing the things that are useful for you. Mm-hmm. So instead you might be like, okay, I'm going to read about, you know, the cardiac impacts of someone with rheumatoid arthritis and how that's going to change my anesthetic. And then you've got a really focused kind of way of going. Mm-hmm. And if you find yourself sort of spinning, you can go, whoa, okay, let's step back. I'm mm-hmm. just going to take two minutes to do some mindful breathing and that might then bring you back into your body and you can go on. And all of a sudden your hour is going to be useful rather mm-hmm. than a freak out session that just just makes the rest of the day difficult yeah mm. before we go on i actually just want to draw attention to one particular word you said which was practice which mm. i think is really important like it's you know some of these techniques are not techniques that you can just pick up immediately you do yeah. have to work at implementing them you know it takes a while to to be able to integrate these seamlessly without even thinking about it and it's not something that's going to happen overnight so you know make sure that you do you know when you're doing this for your own study that you do actually practice these things. I think that's a really important yeah, point that and, you made. Yeah, and figure out which ones you like and what's good for you. There's like a thousand apps out there mm. now. Um, I think you might even include some in the uh, website. Yeah, we certainly will. We'll um, In our episode notes, we'll include a list of some really good apps and some really good resources for people looking to improve mindfulness and their, you know, their, the balance of work life and all that sort of stuff so be sure to check out the episode links mm. yeah yeah so we've got a lot more to talk about and we've still got to cover the third point that we need to get <laughs> yeah. back to but we're, we're running out of time for this episode so what we might do is head into a second episode julia if you wow. don't mind joining us sure not a problem perfect thank Fan- you very much wonderful you. well look it's been a fantastic discussion so far on our episode of deep breaths as always you can contact us on deepbreathspod at gmail.com we'd love to hear for any suggestions comments or recommendations for future episodes please recommend us to your colleagues you can find us on all the usual podcast platforms and if you know anyone that would be a great interviewee or you want to be an interviewee then get in touch with us on the gmail address thanks for listening and we hope you can join us next time on deep breaths